Hey everyone, thanks for checking out CBJ Crosscheck. You can find the episode live every Wednesday at 4 o'clock on Score On Air Network on Facebook. You can chat with us live, ask us questions. Then we put the podcast up on Thursday mornings every week. This year we have a legendary host, Bob McElligot, the voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, as well as myself and Tyler Fisher. Hope you enjoy the first episode of CBJ Crosscheck. And again, every Wednesday live at 4 p.m. on the Score On Air Network on Facebook. And welcome to a fresh new edition of CBJ Crosscheck. Haven't done this in a while, but we are back to talk about the new Columbus Blue Jackets season. Alongside me, legendary Bob McElligot, voice of the Blue Jackets, and producer Adam Dell, talking uh, in our producer in our producer booth to the right of me. Bob, how are you today? You haven't done this in a while. I haven't done it ever. So how's that? <laughs> and I didn't That's know right. I was legendary, so it's good to know, and I appreciate the compliment before of we course. even get going. Of course. You are, you are legendary. <laughs> I, I, I told you that when, when you interviewed me a couple of years ago. I was like, I love your work. You're doing I know. Great. You didn't get the job. Figure it out. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't believe you at the time. I believe you today. <laughs> and again, Adam. Adam, man, how are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm ready for the hockey season to start. It's been, uh, it's been way too long, so... I'm pretty stoked. I'll get used to this button pushing every now at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And to kick it off, I mean, we might as well just talk about the season. And Bob, Jackets are in uh, in matchup tomorrow night against the Nashville Predators in Nashville. Um, what what are you looking out of this game tomorrow night? Well, out of the game tomorrow night, uh, I, I think what's really important for every team in the NHL this year, it's 56 games. So it's not the normal 82. You can't be falling behind. Okay, uh, the Blue Jackets have in the past been a notoriously uh, slow starting team. They they can't do that. And they're going right to Nashville, and I think Nashville is a team that's kind of uh, an in between team right now. I you know they were in the Stanley Cup final a couple years ago, but their roster has changed since then. It looks better on paper in some ways. Uh, they're very talented down the middle, but I don't think that they've gotten nearly the amount of production out of that talent, especially from the top two guys who ironically are both former Blue Jackets and Ryan. Johansson and Matthew Shane. So, you know, I think the Blue Jackets are really a more solid team than Nashville is right now, to be honest with you. I think they they know what their identity is. They know the way they have to play, all those things that John Tortorella preaches and, and hammers home every year. But that doesn't mean that you go on the road and, and you walk in there and you win the very first game of the year, right? So uh, everybody's had shortened training camps this year. They've only had two-week camps. There's been zero preseason games, um, just a couple of scrimmages. And it's funny because every year I sit there and I go, I hate these preseason games. I mean, you know, you're, you've got these young kids that are auditioning early on, and uh, you, it's never really an NHL game. But then all of a sudden this year you have zero, and I watch a couple of scrimmage games, and I'm like, well, these guys aren't hitting each other in these games. They're not. This isn't exactly real hockey either, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's what's going to be. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly both teams turn it up and get into it, and um, and how it goes from there. I, I think the first. I think the first period is going to be the feeling out period uh, for every game that you watch in the league here over these first couple of days. And I think it's also, you know, important to know you might be an expert on this. I think, was it Columbus actually started training camp I believe the 1st of January because they were in the playoffs in the bubble uh, last year in Toronto. Um, 
and Nashville, I, I believe, didn't make. I believe didn't make the playoffs last year. Or they did. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So both everybody so, start. Everybody started the same. It was the teams that didn't make it. Yeah. They got to yeah, start a little, a little bit, bit earlier. earlier. Um. You know, the fact though is, and I'm sure this is true for everybody. Blue Jackets had enough players in town that they had been skating. Uh, they were skating. You know, on their own. Well, I mean, together as a group, it was it was structured amongst them. Then the assistant coaches got involved in it too. So when they did hit training camp, it wasn't like they just came from wherever they live and jumped on the ice for the very very first time. They had been getting ready for it. But, um, but yeah, it's just going to be different. It's not, you know, it's not the normal camp. It's it's not it's not the normal grind. And then the season itself is going to be, as I said, uh, I told Jody Shelley the other day, or I think it was Jody I told, it doesn't matter. I said, you know, normally we say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yep. 56 games is a sprint. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. And also, you mentioned the 56-game schedule. A lot of it's kind of back-to-back. A lot of it's more, you know, you play, excuse me, you play Nashville tomorrow, and then again, just not even a day later, like take a day off and then right back at it again. A lot of it's just back-to-back, cluttered a little bit, and then with the new division realignments um, that that happened this year, you're getting multiple team. You're getting that same team within like two weeks almost, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, you are. It's going to be, you, you've got basically, the way I look at it is the Blue Jackets are playing in an eight-team league this year because they're not going to leave the Central Division. Uh, there are eight teams in the division, right? So you're going to play the other seven teams eight times a piece. That's your 56 games. Yep. So yes, you're right. You're going to see them a lot. You're going to go to their place and play. They're going to come to your place and play maybe a week later, maybe a week and a half later. There's not going to be a lot of separation between the matchups. And it, you mentioned the two-game sets, and that's what it, the schedule is predominantly, not completely, but predominantly yeah. it is you're going to play everybody two times. So uh, it's different. I'm very interested to see how that works out in particular because, you know, the, the hockey season normally is you're in somewhere for a game, you're somewhere else for another game, you're back home for a game or two. Um, you're always bouncing around. This will give them a chance to settle in. The reason they set the schedule up like that is with COVID concerns. You know, they feel if you can get into a town, stay in a town instead of being back on the plane again the very next day or that night for crying out loud, they don't want that. So that's why they've set up the schedule the way they have. Uh, It's going to be interesting to watch. And over the course of the season, the fact of the matter is teams are going to be sick and tired of playing the Blue Jackets. And the Blue Jackets are going to be sick and tired of playing the Hurricanes and the Predators yep. and the Blackhawks. Well, maybe not sick of the Blackhawks and the Red Wings because I don't think they'll be very good. Maybe they'll <laughs> like playing them. They'll get sick and tired of playing Tampa. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So how does that manifest itself? There are some in my profession that feel that it's going to create animosity and maybe a throwback to old-time hockey. I'll believe that when I see it because mm-hmm. I just don't think the players are the same today as they have been in the past. I don't think you're going to have fights in games just because you're sick and tired of seeing people. Uh, there may be something. I don't think it's going to be three fights a game like it used to be, <laughs> uh, which is unfortunate in some ways. But, uh, but yeah, it's sure going to be different time. Yeah, and, you know, you, you mentioned players, and, you know, there's, there's one player that everybody wants to talk about. Um, I, Adam, you, Adam, mean you can kind of talk about this if you want, because Bob don't want to, you know, have you talk too much. But PL, PLD, um, is he on his way out? Is he staying? We looked, me, Bob, you, and me looked at the the roster uh, earlier before we got, came on air. He's he's listed on the roster. Um, he played in the in the scrimmages uh, that you saw. Best player in camp. Really? Best player in camp. And to me, hands down. He and Oliver Bjorkstrand, 
maybe neck and neck, but I, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, I was there earlier today. He, he, he scored a stupid goal. I mean, stupid angle goal today, top shelf. But, and again, that's in a practice, I get it, but yeah. this guy's on top of his game. And, I, and I'll tell you, you don't have to shy away from me on this because I'll tell you right now, if he wants to leave, that's fine. You know, he can say that, he can ask for that. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to get it. They control his rights for a couple of years. Correct. So if they don't want to trade him, they don't have to trade him. That's just a fact. But if he wants to go, you better be playing your best hockey. You be a beast. Make sure the team can get a, uh, what they deserve in return for you. Mm -hmm. And if he is coming every day and playing as hard as he can play and practicing as hard as he can practice and doing everything he's supposed to do, I have zero problem with him. Because if he's doing that, this team's going to have a great chance to win games. Okay? Yep. So all that stuff, look, I'm not a fan of it. I don't, I don't like what's going on there. It bothers me, but it bothers me. That's the fan side of me too, you know? Yeah. I understand the business side, but again, the business is they control your rights. So they will, the Columbus Blue Jackets will trade Pierre-Luc Dubois on Blue Jackets time if and when they do, because they can. Yep. And that's a fact. So whatever goes on with that, fine. But I just want this guy to show up and play and play hard every day and give them a chance to win. Adam, uh, maybe coming to you, what, what are your thoughts on uh, PL's situation? Uh, I, I love PLD. He's one of the best players on the team, if not the best player on the team. Probably the best prospect we've had in a long time, I think. Uh, but I'm on the other side. If he doesn't want to be here, get something. You, you can get a team's ransom for this player. Again, one of the best players, not only on the team, but coming up, he's going to be one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. If he doesn't want to be here, as much as we'd like to say it won't be a distraction, we've seen that happen, uh, especially with the whole Panarin, Bobrovsky year when we went all in and you know made the trades and went all in. It was a distraction the entire season up until the trade deadline. And they barely made the playoffs that year. If they hadn't gone on in, or if they hadn't gone all in, they probably wouldn't have. So... I don't want to deal with that again. As much as I love POD, and I, I do expect, like Bob said, I think he's going to show up, he's going to play his ass off, he's going to do really well, but eventually the media, the newspaper, Twitter, all that is going to make it to where it's going to be annoying to have him, and what you can get in return for him, I think, is worth getting rid of him. Yeah, but you can't panic. Like You, you can't do a panic oh, no. trade. And, you, and again, th what's different about this from the Panarin situation for me is Panarin was leaving. He was a free agent at the end of the yep. year. That was, you know, he wasn't going to stay. Yep. This is different. <clears throat> this has another year on a contract, and then there are more years of rights that you own. Now, he could hold out and all that stuff after the second year of the contract and before getting a new deal. And Yeah, that's all possible. I get it. But... He, he can't walk out the door at the end of the year. You're not going to be empty-handed at the end of this season when it comes to Pierre-Luc Dubois one way or the other. And to me, that's what makes it different. Is it going to be a distraction? Sure. It's a distraction as much as they allow it to be a, a distraction. And you're talking about a group of guys that dealt with two players like that just two years ago, and they know what it is, and they know everything that I just told you is true, too. Correct. They know this guy can't just up and say, I'm gone. And that's why I think the situation is different. And are his teammates going to be on him to play hard? Oh, you better believe it. Are they going to remind him when he's not playing hard that what Adam just said, if you don't, if you don't want to be here, just get out? Yes, they will. Yep. That's a fact of life. So he has put a lot of pressure on himself. It's going to come from his teammates. It's going to come from the fans. I mean, smartest move in the world. If you're going to pull this, do it in a year the fans aren't going to be in the building. Because <laughs> I'm telling you. 
you will get booed, and if you can't take that, it's going to affect your game. I'm being serious about this. This yeah. is just a fact of life, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, so, so that's off the table, at least at the beginning. There's no fans in the building. You don't yep. have to deal with that. But you have put yourself in a spotlight. So now you have to decide how you're going to perform in that spotlight. And he's going to have to perform well. If he wants to, it's been said he wants to be on a bigger stage. Okay, great. If you want that, you need to really shine in the atmosphere you have created for yourself yep. here. And if you can do that, the team's going to get a lot more back for him. And re- really quick before we move on to talking about more players, I, I, I think Adam brings up a point, you know, the media and, uh, you know, everybody talking about it, it's just going to get annoying. Me, me as a journalist, um, I, I can I can attest to that. I mean, players want saying they want to leave and whatnot. It, the media does tend to have a had, some media, I should say, has a tendency to just kind of flip the script a little bit and make it more ex- exaggerated more than what it needs to be. Um, but it, I think you covered that when you said media. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, that's right? yeah. They, that's it's true. a story. It's, yeah, it's, it's a story it's a of a story. premier player. <laughs> this guy's going to be a premier player. You know, you know, he's leaning that way. Yeah. So yes, that's yeah. Just say media, and I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm not part it, of it. It happens. But I get it. <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> but real, moving on to new players. Well, hold on. Before you do that, I, I was I was searching here because Elliot Friedman from uh, Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, in his 31 thoughts, uh, he covers this Pierre Luc Dubois thing, and um, this is what his this is what he says in his column. According to several sources, interested teams interested teams are not screwing around when it comes to Pierre Luc Dubois. I'm not sure what path Yarmo Kekalainen is going to walk, but Columbus knows the center is coveted. No one wants to lose out on an opportunity to acquire Dubois because other clubs took the process more seriously. Montreal and Winnipeg are definitely among the pursuers, but there are more, some of whom haven't received much attention. Are the Blue Jackets willing to move this quickly? That's the real question. So I, I just want to throw that in there. On yeah. Will he be moved during this season? I don't know. If you go back to the other situation, those guys stayed till the end of the year. As Adam said, the team made the playoffs. But... Um, you know, you sure don't have to move them now. If you get the right return, I think it, I think any time the right return comes up, if you feel like, okay, I'm getting what he's worth, maybe I'm getting a little bit more than what he's worth right now, then I think you pull that trigger. Um, you know, but, but you got to do it in a way where it's not going to mess up this season too. You know what I mean? Yeah, If, if you're going to switch a player of that caliber when you're expecting to make the playoffs – Whoever you're bringing back has got to fill that hole and make sure that you still make the playoffs. And now transitioning somewhat from one player to a couple multiple players that have come in to Columbus. We have Max Domi, which is a huge signing. Uh, Koivu. Um, and then uh, I, I saw Delzato also. Um, yeah, Michael Delzato. So a couple of new guys coming in um, to the roster. Uh, I, I'm really stoked about that Max Domi sighting, though. Yeah, that's the one that uh, it's going to be the one to watch, right? I mean, yeah. you, you trade Josh Anderson. And Josh Anderson two years ago had 27 goals. Last year he was hurt. He had one goal. Um, Josh Anderson was another guy that he just he didn't want to be here. And they were able to flip him for a centerman. I mean, they, they flipped the very good power forward that teams in this NHL covet. Yep. They didn't want to give him up. They didn't want to give him up. That was a fact. But the other fact was, if he wasn't bought in, then, you know, at some point, that's going to affect your roster. So, like I was saying with the, the previous uh, situation with Dubois, 
it, they felt they got the right player in Max Domi. They got a yep. need. They got a second-line centerman. Maybe could be a first-line centerman. Um, a guy that was coming off a down year in Montreal. He had a good year his first year there. He had a down year last year. A guy that was not really happy with his situation in Montreal. They had moved him out of the middle and they had put him on the wing. He wants to play in the middle of the ice. So the Blue Jackets saw that as a good fit. It fit their needs and it allowed them to rid themselves of a player that wasn't, uh, you know, may not have signed another contract with him at the end of the day. So um, that one all worked out. And yes, that's going to be the one to watch. And he's expecting to start the season with Nick Foligno and Cam Atkinson as line mates. Um, I think that's great for all three, quite frankly. They're also going to have to figure out, you know, Nick and Cam have played together a lot. Bax is in the middle. They're going to have to figure that whole thing out as they go along. But uh, that is, yeah, that was the big acquisition of the offseason, no doubt about that. Miko Koivu, I thought that was a good pickup by Yarmo. Uh, a veteran guy. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'll tell you right now. I'm sick and tired of being the youngest team in the National Hockey League every year. I think that is, uh, I think that's a great excuse to use if you lose. I think it's uh, a great thing to lean on if you're winning. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, the teams that win the Stanley Cup have those veteran players. They've been through the battles. Uh, they can be mentors. They can be sounding boards. And yep. they can still be players. Looks like Miko's not going to start the season uh, on the ice. That's unfortunate. He's not going to play in Nashville. But I, I still think that's a good signing for a guy that feels that he still has something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he understands Yarmo very well. They're both Finns. Um, I, I just think he brings a lot. He wins defensive zone faceoffs. The Blue Jackets need that. Uh, he can play a good defensive game on the penalty kill. They need that. Uh, Michael Delzato is a guy that came to camp on a professional tryout, and that was uh, really through John Tortorella. Uh, Torts had him in New York a long time ago when he was a young guy, yep. and uh, they had their battles, and they went head-to-head, and Michael Delzato has bounced around the league and been with different teams, and he's coming back here, and he knows the guy that he's playing for, and he is an offensive-minded defenseman. They gave up depth this offseason by trading Marcus Nudabara and Ryan Murray. Uh, I think it's a good signing. I like it a lot. I, again, I like these veteran guys that have been, been through it before. Yeah. I, I, think it, I think where this team is right now, they need those kind of players to try to push them to another level. And and the other guy that you didn't mention is Mikhail Grigorenko, who was a former first-round yep, pick of the Buffalo yeah. Sabres. He played for the Sabres. He also played with the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. And then he went back to the KHL in Russia, and he played for four years. And he is looking to get back in the league. He wants to show he can still play in the best league in the world, and he can be a factor. And he's going to be on that line, it looks like, with Dubois and Bjorkstrand, top line for the Blue Jackets to start the season. And he's going to get his chance. So we'll we'll see what comes of that. Uh, you know, that one, to me, that one's a crapshoot because I, I think it's it's all upside. You know, if he does what he wants to do and proves what he thinks he can prove, then you're going to benefit from that. If he doesn't, then you're just going to have to move him out and, and you know, move him down and, and bring right. one of those guys up in the lineup to take his minutes. Yep. Coming up right after this break, me and Bob are going to talk about our one player to watch. We got narrowed down to one. Yeah, we got to narrow it down to one. Okay. In our player spotlight, then I'm, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a little discussion about a goalie battle that could happen this that can happen this year. And I'll leave that one when I see it. <laughs> and check out social media if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns about this upcoming season for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Bob McElligot to my left. I'm Tyler Fisher. We'll be right back after this. Cross check on the Score Internet Network. Bob McElligot, Tyler Fisher here. Now, Bob, me and you talked about players and we talked a little bit about you know the newest members of of the squad now we have to narrow it down to one 
who is your player spotlight? player to look out for this season to keep an eye on uh, who is your one player to to look for well you're not going to have to look far I don't think because he's going to jump right out at you and I think that's Oliver Bjorkstrand I think this guy has gone to another level in the National Hockey League I thought last year was a big year for him I think he's learned how to battle for the puck I think he's learned how to control the puck on the wall which means he possesses it more which makes him more dangerous he's got a fantastic shot he's got that sneaky quick shot that catches goaltenders off balance uh, the Blue Jackets like him enough. They signed him to a five-year contract extension. Yep. He's happy to be here. They're happy to have him. He's going to play on the top line. Um, he's he's always been a scorer, and he's always come up with big goals in his career. So Oliver Bjorkstrand, you know, last year he got hurt, and he got hurt two different times. And he was having a great season, but then he had the injuries. So um, for him, he's healthy. He's ready to go. And uh, I think he's he has the potential to be eye-popping right out of the shoot this year. I think I'm going to go more with uh, more with a defensive approach um, and and talk about Zach Wierenski. Um The guy Zach had 20 goals last year. Is that really defensive? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, no, not really. But you know, flipping from forward gotcha. to, to defense. He's going to the points that are going to come from the blue line. There. Yes. Right. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Zach. A monster last year on on defense and scoring goals, as you said. Um, the pairing with him and Seth is just probably the best pairing in the league, in my opinion. Um, and I think he is going to excel his game even more. Um, will he score 20 goals? Maybe, maybe not. But I think more of his work is going to be on the defensive side, um, winning the battles along the wall, getting or getting puck out of danger, starting to play up from from behind the net, whether it be uh, Corby or Elvis, which we'll get to, get to here in a minute. Um, but just his play and his his vision also is very good. Um, I think from what I've seen last year and years prior, he has an eye for advancing the puck more towards the of more towards their their offensive blue line quickly than just. You know, kind of struggling around the neutral zone, kind of resetting a little bit. He wants to play to go fast. He wants to play to get started, and then backtrack on defense when needed. And I, I think that's, I think he's just going to be another a monster yet again uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, I don't know what you have to say about that, but well, I, I think Zach, you know, Zach has gone through the John Tortorella transition period here. Yep. Um, you know, he was a guy they just let him loose his first year. Second year, he had the injury that he was playing through. Uh, third year, all of a sudden, they want him to play more defense and, and teach him how to play defense, if you will. Yep. And he's gone through all of that. And he's had the days he's banged his head against the wall. And, um, you know, he's come out the other side of that. And I think he is a much better player. So uh, defensively, look, he is, to me, he's never going to be the defensive player that Seth Jones is. But it doesn't matter because he plays with Seth Jones. So he can be a little bit of a riverboat gambler when it comes to offense, and Seth can cover him defensively. Mm -hmm. But I, I do agree with you that he is a, I think he's a much better and a much more, uh, he's a much improved defensive defenseman than he was when he first started in this league. Um, but again, this team needs scoring too. And, and Zach, I don't know if he'll have 20, but I'll tell you this, he's gonna shoot enough to get 20. I yep. guarantee you. Now, again, <laughs> we talk about 20. 56 games, not 82 games. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah, so yeah. 20 is going to be pretty doggone impressive for anybody that gets <laughs> it. But um, he will not shy away from shooting the puck. I agree with that. Alongside with P. 
PL. You're not going to ask Adam who his one guy is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, am I part of the show? I can't wait to hear who it is. Well, I, I was going to say Jeremy, but y'all ripped my butt between, you know, during commercial. I, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> actually looking forward to uh, Bjorkstrand. He just, got his, he just got engaged, just got his contract extension. Is he going to be complacent? Like, oh, I got my money. I got my years. I'm good. Or is he going to keep working as hard as he did? I think Bjorky can be one of the better, one of the best players on our team. And he's going to be part of that big core moving forward. So Bjorky's definitely the one I'm looking forward to, as well as Gerby. Because, like I said, I just, I know Gerby's not whoa, whoa, the greatest player. You did not put Oliver Bjorkstrand and Nathan Gerby. No, 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 no. Not in the same category. Okay. Um, but you put them in the same sentence. But yeah, in they the were same in the sentence, same yes. <laughs> and, and I know Gerby is the small guy, and he's not, you know, there, there's Gerby. But he's the spirit animal of the Blue Jackets. He He's a fighter. Watching a five foot two Gerby fight someone uh, who's like seven foot or six foot eight is inspiring. So what he doesn't have in the physical abilities, he makes up for in motivation. And that's why I love Gerby. But no, Bjorkstrand's a player I'm really looking forward to watching this year. Good, because Gerby's on the taxi squad, so yeah, I don't no. know how much you're going to watch. <laughs> and bring, bring, it up, bring it up, taxi squad, me and you were talking about, I actually did this right before we went on air, um, which I believe is a good idea, but what exactly is this taxi squad that we see looking at the 2020-21 roster? So because of concerns of guys getting tested positive throughout the course of the season, you don't want to have to be reaching down to your AHL team and getting players. They've allowed every team to put four to six extra players on their roster that are going to be with you so that if you have anything that happens, you already have players right there to go ahead and activate and put in your lap. So that's what the taxi squad is. Um, the taxi squad, it, here's the, the differences. It's like being in the American Hockey League, let me put it this way. You're getting paid to be in the American Hockey League, but you're actually, if you will, because okay. the players do have to clear waivers to go onto the taxi squad. They are getting the, if you're on a two-way deal, you're getting your AHL salary to be on the taxi squad, even though you're with the NHL club. Now, uh, the Blue Jackets have only two goaltenders on their roster. And then Matisse Kavlenix is the third goaltender. He's on the taxi squad. Here's the difference between goalies and skaters. The skaters don't have to travel with you. On the, when, you, when you go on the road, you don't have to take the skaters, but you do have to have three goalies with you at all times. So Kivlenix, even though he's on this list as a taxi squad player, he will be there regardless. Um, because obviously if you get one, <laughs> actually if you get one goalie that comes down with it, I'd be shocked if the other goalie doesn't because the goalies are together all the time, right? Yeah. So you, you've got to make sure that you've got somebody that's ready to go at all times. But again, those other guys, I, I, you're going to see every one of them play. Like I was teasing Adam about Nathan Gerby. You're going to see Nathan Gerby play, I think, at some point this season. There's no doubt. You know, Andrew Peak was on that list. If you saw Andrew Peak's name and you're going, well, why is Andrew Peak there? In the camp, he was in the top six. He and Dean Kukin looked to be the five, six guys. Why is he there? It's a waiver thing. Andrew Peak is on an entry-level contract. He could go back and forth to the American Hockey League without having to clear waivers. Okay. Whereas other players, Gabriel Carlson, who is on the roster, he would have to clear waivers. And especially coming out of training camps, that's where teams are going to watch it and play a little bit closer to the vest because you don't want to try to sneak a guy through and get caught and all of a sudden somebody takes that player. And you can have whatever opinion you want to on Gabriel Carlson and whether or not he's ever going to be a National Hockey 
Hockey League defenseman on a regular basis. The fact of the matter is the Blue Jackets think that he will. They value having him. He's a former first-round pick. They traded up into the first round to get him. He's had some injury issues the last couple of years, but they are not going to lose him for nothing on a waiver claim. They keep him on the roster. Later, if there's an opportunity, once teams' rosters have kind of settled in, if they feel that they can slip him through waivers and, and maybe flip somebody else, that I can see happening. But for right now, Andrew Peak is on that squad, not because he's not good enough. I think he's good enough. I, I think he's he's very good enough, very much good enough to play in the National Hockey League. We saw it last year. I think he will play in the league again this year. But right now, because of his age and because of his contract status, uh, he is on that list. And you mentioned uh, the goalie does have to travel with uh, with a. With I a think they'll all travel on this team. I don't know. I didn't ask anybody specifically, but okay. I, I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, it's a couple extra bodies. What are you going to do? Leave them in Columbus, and and they they sit here like those guys would be going to Cleveland. So, what are you going to leave them in a hotel room in Columbus? Or are you going to take them on a trip and put them in a hotel room and have them skate with the team? I, I think they will all skate. But by rule, the goalie has to travel. The other ones. Okay is a team choice now we move into yet what seems to be what seems to be probably the battle in my opinion uh of of the team is who is going to start in net we i saw i saw earlier that uh torts did tell one goalie uh that he is going to start but in you in in your opinion who would you like to see start who would you like to see start the season off with i think Jonas Corposalo starts game one personally I and look the camp was different mm-hmm. as we talked about there were no preseason games when last we saw Jonas Corposalo he was setting an NHL record in a five overtime game against Tampa and making yep. 85 saves so to me he solidified that in the playoffs does that mean that he gets to be the starter and he's going to be the number one guy and he's going to get more games than Elvis no no, it doesn't. I think I thought his camp was good enough to build off of what he did in the playoffs and start on opening night. And at this point, I don't know if he is or not. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I thought Elvis was shaky in the first scrimmage game. Um, and when I say shaky, it's not even the goals that go in. It's it's the shots that didn't go in that he was still looking over his shoulder like he thought that they may have gone in. And then you know, and, and again, it's. It's camp and it's a scrimmage and it's it's not it. Here's here's what I think when it comes to the goalies, they're both going to play. The schedule dictates that you're going to play. Look at this weekend, okay? You're going to play Thursday night in Nashville. You're going to play Saturday night in Nashville. You're going to play Monday afternoon, actually at noon on Monday in Detroit. You're going to play Tuesday night in Detroit. If you think one guy is playing all four of those games, you're nuts, okay? So it's either going to go two and two or three and one. Simple as that. So both guys are going to get a chance to play. My concern, and primarily with Elvis, is when Elvis came over here, and, you know, he was always billed by the team as the best goalie that wasn't in the NHL. And he was a rock star in Switzerland. He was a rock star. He was a rock star. He, you know, I mean, Elvis has left the building. Yeah, he has left the building, <laughs> for sure. So he comes over, and all of a sudden, he's not a rock star. He's got the rock star name, but he's the backup to Jonas Corposalo. And then he starts a year 0-7. And, and he, you know, we talked about it all last year. He's adjusting from the European size rink to the NHL size rink. Everything changes for a goalie. All the angles, all the shots, all the traffic. 
So he had to get through that. But he did not adjust to being the backup well at all. And this year, that cannot be the case. I don't care if he starts game one or if he's the backup for game one. I don't care if he starts game two. When he starts, he needs to win. He needs to give the team a chance to win. And my only concern is you've got to be mentally strong enough, even if you're not deemed the number one, mentally strong enough just to go win the games you're supposed to win. Because the other guy's going to falter. Yeah. That's a fact. And then you're going to get your chance. But last year, the way it worked out, Corpusalo gets injured, whereas Lincoln steps in, he's great. After he was terrible, he was great. And then Corpusalo comes back, whereas Lincoln gets injured. Yep. They, other than the early part of the year, they never really had the head-to-head battle. And when I say battle, put quotation marks around it, because it, it's not a fight. It is a fight to see who's better, but it's a fight to give your team a chance to win every night. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm concerned about it. I think they're both very good. I think it's a good tandem. Torch has talked about using them as a tandem. Mm-hmm. But I'm concerned about Jonas Corposalo has been a backup. He sat behind Sergei Bobrovsky for years waiting. Yep. Elvis hasn't sat and done much waiting. And if he has to, he has to handle it right. And if he doesn't handle it right, that's going to be a problem. I feel like, um, you know, after the... I'm, I don't know how to put this. After Elvis got uh, his his first shot um, in in the NHL, I I liked his performance um, going going coming to maybe now, but during the uh, during like the latter portion of the beginning of his career, it seems he is though kind of maybe gotten a little too comfortable in my opinion. Um, with just, I he's good. I get it, but it's. I feel like the mechanics in his movement have just been a little bit lax from what I've seen recently. Um, but I I would like to see Elva start, even though I just you know said that I would like to see Elva start because again you you mentioned Corby sat behind Bobby for years and. And finally got his chance, but to start the season, to start a 56-game season with, I want to see Elvis start just to see if he can, you know, kind of up his game a little bit. Um, he's a young guy, and I think learning from Corpy, who has been a starter for a number of, a number of years after Bobby left, I think Elvis has that now mentality, like he's vying for that number one, and now he has a mentality that he's going to be number one. Uh, for the season, for the season opener, I should say, um, but that's that's just me. Uh, well, I think he's got to earn it. I mean, I <laughs> the better goalie plays on any yeah. night, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want to go back to the way things finished last year and start it this year, Jonas Corposalo is a better goalie, and by that definition, correct. And again. He could go in there and he could get lit up. He could not even finish the first game he starts. Who knows? And and the same could be true for either one of those guys. So I, I just look, John Tortorella's not a hand it to you kind of guy, right? You yeah. gotta earn it. Yep. And and Elvis knows that. And and I think where Elvis will be better this year is that he's gone through what he went through last year. And and like I said, if he doesn't handle it, it's gonna be a problem. But I think he will handle it better because he understands his coach better. He understands uh, Corpy and, and their relationship better, and he understands how the team plays better. So, um, look, I, I think they, they may not split the games right down the middle. I think if you get a hot hand, you stay with a hot hand at some point. But, um, but he's going to play. They're both going to play. 
And the fact is, whoever starts, you better give your team a chance to win because the season's too short to be screwing around and, you know, being the cause of any type of a losing streak because your game's not where it needs to be. Yep. Coming up after this break, we have our Wednesday schedule preview. Again, season starts tonight. I'm kind of excited for it. Even though it doesn't even be... start tonight. It starts this afternoon. Well, yeah, 5, 5.30 is the, is the first game. We'll get into that. And also our beloved segment, the penalty box. Who or what are you going to be putting in the penalty box? I have mine. Uh, Bob, I'll give you this break to kind of think about who you or what you would put in the penalty box as well as our good Just friend. Just in life? Matt. Are you talking about in this team? Are you talking about life? What are you life. talking about? Life. 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 I can put anybody in the penalty box I want to. I've put Taco Bell in the penalty box before. You did? I, I did. I, you I, mean I, to eat while you took a penalty? Anyway, uh, go ahead. Doing that. <laughs> yeah, I did actually. <laughs> we'll be right back. Wow, guys. Come on, get it together. <laughs> Have you always dreamed about a career in sports broadcasting but aren't sure where to begin? Well, if so, then look no further than the Sports Emphasis Program at the Ohio Media School. Whether in front of the camera, on the microphone, or behind the scenes, you'll learn from a pro to be a pro in the Sports Emphasis Program at the Ohio Media School. You'll get hands-on training and live in-the-field experience at some of Ohio's biggest sporting events. You'll be the star of your very own webcast, and you'll get the opportunity to interview some of Ohio's biggest athletes. Call us today at 614-655-5250 or visit our website at beonair.com. Welcome back to CBJ Crosscheck. Bob Miguel, get Tyler Fisher alongside with Adam Dell. And Adam, I believe you have uh, some questions from our social media that you would like to cover. Absolutely. The first question we have is from Josh Cohen's. And if I screw up your name, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, why are you trying to do this like an announcer on a game show? I don't know. Right? I don't know why that voice came out. That's, that's my DJ voice. When I DJ weddings, welcome to Columbus. Okay, I'm done. Uh, from Josh Cohen's, do you think the playoffs will be tougher as players are playing less games in the regular season? <laughs> that I mean tougher tough uh, yeah I, I tougher to make the playoffs uh, that's the question they got do you think the playoffs will be tougher as players are playing less games so maybe conditioning do you think it'll throw them off timing wise especially the players who are used to the 82 games or um, you know do you think that'll work for them or you think it'll be easier harder what do you think I honestly think it'll be harder uh, to one to make the playoffs, and and two just how how condensed the season is now, uh, going from 82 to 56 games. Again, we we mentioned earlier, practically playing games back to back. You're seeing these teams once or twice in a week, pretty much. Um, I I think it's going to be tougher to make the playoffs, but because of the less conditioning that you have during days of games and and whatnot. Um, but I think in order to make I think in order for a team to make the playoffs in this situation, they have to manage the conditioning and manage their their time um, with with the team during during the days off. You can't really take too much time off, but you can kind of monitor it to where I'm going to do this and but then I have a set X amount of time for training because I know I have a game tomorrow on the road even though I just played on the road yesterday um, or I have to travel back home and flight times are, are really weird especially going from time zone to time zone well I agree I think getting um, 
making the playoffs might be tougher. Although I like this division the Blue Jackets are in mm-hmm. in the Central. I, I like it. I like it way better than the normal Metropolitan Division. I would vote in a heartbeat to kick the Buffalo Sabres into the Metro forever and take the Blue Jackets out of the Metro. Let the Buffalo Sabres deal with the Rangers, the Islanders, the Penguins, the Flyers, the Capitals all the time. I would be great with that. Probably won't happen, but I would be great with it. Um, but so, but look, the 56 game, it's only going to be tougher because there's going to be less margin for error. Okay, like I said before, if you have a losing streak, you're, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have less games to try to put together a winning streak to counter it. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to be tough about the playoffs. As far as the, the physical play in that, I'm that I don't see as being a real issue because you're playing, you know, almost 30 games less. You should be more fresh, even though the schedule is going to be grueling. You're still not playing those games. But here's the thing about the playoffs. You play those seven teams... 56 times throughout the course of the regular season, the first two rounds of the playoffs are within your own division. So you have no chance of seeing another team unless you make the Eastern Conference Final. Okay? So that's what's going to suck. You're just going to be sick and tired of seeing those teams, and then you're going to get to the playoffs, and you're going to have to face one or two of them again before you can ever get through to the Conference Final. So, um, you know, again, that's what's going to make it tough because everything that builds during the regular season, it's not like you can even say, oh, here's a fresh-faced team. You're not getting that. (laughs) you got to be pretty good before you ever get to see a different team that you haven't played all year. All right, and this next one is from Dustin Young. Who do you think will shine or break out in the shortened season for the CBJ? Again, I think we go back to, you know, you mentioned Oliver Bjorkstrand. I mentioned uh, Zach Wierenski, and Adam mentioned uh, Bjorkstrand, and your your favorite guy, Nathan Gerby. Uh, I love Nathan (laughs) Gerby. I just didn't understand Adam. He just had to inject him to the conversation because um, he loves that he's a small guy that plays hard. That's why I love him too. It's the emotional spark. Right. The emotional spark. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so new role for Adam. You can't talk about Nathan Gerby until he's on the roster and off the taxi squad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yes, you know, mentioned it earlier Bjorkstrand. I uh, Bjorkstrand for Bob and Adam. Uh, I say Zach Wierenski. No, I'm coming up with a different guy for this one. So oh yeah, don't speak for me. I've got somebody else for this go okay ahead. go ahead i'll tell you right now i'll tell you who it needs to be and i think he's going to start game one in a position not to be this and that's alexander texier um he was on the top wing he was on the line with pierre luc dubois and oliver bjorkstrand and then miko koivu was out of the lineup and john tortorella put him in the middle they because they see him as a centerman eventually okay okay yep and maybe this has to do with the dubois thing because it, with dubois wanting out Maybe they want to accelerate this center development for Alexander Texier and see if he can handle it and see where they are with that and how far away that he really is, possibly. Look, he's been playing the last couple of uh, days in camp with Emil Bemstrom and Liam Foody. I, I don't like that, quite frankly. I, I think it's three young guys on a line and that I, I, I'd, I'd like to see them mix that up to some extent. I really would. But Alexander Texier, I think he's got so much potential, and we've seen flashes of it. We saw it his first year in. He played. He scored a Stanley Cup playoff goal the first year he was in the NHL, and he didn't come in until the end of the year. Nope. Last year, he had a back injury that kept him out for months, but because of the stoppage of the season, was able to come back and play in the playoffs. I think if you say to me, who is a young guy 
that needs to have a breakout season, that has the opportunity to have a breakout season, okay. I will say Alexander Texier because they're going to put him in position. They're going to give him ice time. He's going to have the chance. He needs to make the most of that chance. And again, if he does, he's he's got a chance to be a star. I, you couldn't have said it any better to me. No, I couldn't. It's <laughs> what I do for a living, Ty. I, that, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, that's also true. I mean, I, as you think about everything else in life, this is all I think of. <laughs> I yeah, mean, this that's is my also job, true. So. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I want to I want to pop my player. Uh, I'm looking for a breakout. Uh, not Derby. Don't worry, Bob. Uh, Liam Fuda. You mentioned him. Yeah. Watching him last year. For one, the raw speed of this kid is he states around states circles around everybody on the ice. If he can fine tune uh, his skill set, I think Liam Fuda can be one of those players that we aren't really ready for who's going to take that step this year and kind of surprise us. Well, that could be. And, I mean, he is a first-round pick. And, yeah, the speed is his biggest tool. But that's why I don't like him playing with Bemstrom and Texier. I, I just think that um, – I just think it, with a different combination they could get more out of him. I'd just like to see – I'd like to see a veteran to give you a little bit of margin for error. And um, – but again, that could happen. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe those those three guys play great together, better than I thought that they could. But I, I like that, Adam. I mean, we, again, Liam, we've seen flashes of, and this guy was here for a long time this off season, working out. He's put on ten pounds of muscle. He gets it. He understands. He comes from a great pre- uh, pedigree. His mother was an Olympic sprinter. His dad played in the CFL. I mean, you know, it's no accident. This guy has pure athletic skill. Uh, now we're going to see what he can do with it. And uh, yeah, that's and, well, if my guy and your guy are both playing on the same line and they both achieve what we hope they do, and they're the third line, that would be great. <laughs> Uh, Ty, you looked really mad when I said that. Did I jump in and steal your player? I, th- I think I had a death stare at the camera. I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think he had a player. I think he was so locked in on Wierenski, and then I changed my guy for this thing. I think then he felt like he had to change his guy, and he's. I think he's scrambling inside his head. Am I right or wrong? Me? Yeah. Oh, no. no. Oh, okay. Oh, no. no. It was like a straight I'm, death. I'm, you were just like... <laughs> right in no. the camera. Who's your guy? No, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Zach. Are oh, you staying with Zach? Yeah. All right, you're just yep. going to stay the same yep. thing. Yep. Okay. See, I'm sticking with Zach. Right. Um, See, Adam, at least you and I were able to expand our horizons. I was going to say, that's exciting. Got a little tie. bit out of the box. <laughs> that's absurd. <laughs> um, Bob, I have one question for you. If you had to put one person or something in in this in this next segment, which we call the penalty box, uh, who or what would it be and why? This is the easiest question you've ever asked me. Ever. You ready? COVID-19. Not only would I put it in the penalty box, I would throw it out of the game and ban it from the league and never see it again in any way, shape, or form. I don't know if I'm really getting through my true feelings to you about this, but COVID-19 would be out of the league if I was the commissioner and I could do it. I, 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 I think I can attest to that also. Okay. I think it's, I just it, didn't know if you could feel my passion. Oh no! Oh I'm no! I could. Oh no! Of. I could. I, 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 I would, I would also do the same thing. I think it's really tough. I mean, I've, I've been to crew games where there's been limited attendance, um, and it's just, it doesn't get Is this, this before or after COVID. This was during COVID. Okay. So this was... That was a cheap yeah. shot, bad joke. Yeah. They are champions, by the way, and I do know that. Go ahead. <laughs> this, uh, just, seeing, just seeing, like, the limited attendance of fans and, and whatnot and just being separated from, 
you know, your fellow journalists or media members and not being able to have that one-on-one -on -one interaction with players during interviews is just, it just sucks because everything is now over Zoom, which is now more popular than ever. Um, I, I, I can't. It's not popular, it's just used. Yeah, fair. Um, I, I just, I just can't get over the fact that now I have to sit behind a computer screen and try and get a feel for what players are, are talking about and like true emotions and, and whatnot. I think I've, I'm with you on that. I have to kick it out and toss it out the, <laughs> kick it out the league. Like it, it, it just sucks. Um, Adam, how about you? Uh, for my penalty bots, whoever is in charge of the contract rights for Hulu TV and YouTube TV, all the groups I'm seeing, like it's so hard to watch Fox, uh, to watch the Jackets games. So like, it, it, that, it needs to be easier. Like cable companies, whoever you got to put in the penalty bots to get the games on every platform, that's who's in there because it shouldn't be so hard to watch your home team um, unless you pay for like a hundred and fifty dollar cable package. So that's my penalty box. Are you serious? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't yell about COVID or anything. My bad, damn, Bob. No, it's not that. You've got the radio guy for the team on the show, and all you want to do is have the game on TV. I, mean, I love. The Let's think about what you just said. Put <laughs> two and two together, right Adam. Come on now. I mean, I love, I love you, Bob. You, 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 your artistic description paints a picture in my eyes unlike anybody else, but I still can't see it through the radio. <laughs> Can't. But if it makes you feel any better, anytime the game's on NBC, I switch off them and put you on my radio. So you're kind of on the TV. Does that make you feel better, Bob? Makes me feel not better at all, but at Damn. least the first home game is going to be on NBC. That, that is true. And looking at the first home game, we have a couple quick games. When uh, is the first home game, Ty? Because I can tell you right now. I mentioned the first four games of the season. After that, I have no idea. I have no clue. I know we play Tampa at home. I think it's the 21st. I'm not sure. Is it? It is. All right. After that, I, we play Tampa again because I know it's a two-game set, but I don't know when it is. I'll guess 23rd. Am I right? You are correct. Oh, yeah. Now I don't know anything. It's Wait, true story. What? what we do as broadcasters is we look at the schedule and we see you look at the long home stands yep. and you look for the good road trips. We're not traveling, so I haven't looked at that schedule. I'll just figure out who shows up the day before. Not the day before. <laughs> That's an exaggeration, but I really, after Tampa, I have no idea who we play. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I have no idea. All I know is that we play Nashville. You have no idea. You have a schedule open in front of you. Well, well I, 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 have, I have tonight's schedule. Oh, you have tonight's schedule. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have tonight's schedule because there's five games on slate to start tonight. Okay. First one's at 5.30, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. The You can call them the, broad, or you can call them the Broadway bullies. Earlier. Broad Street bullies. Broad Street bullies. Yeah. My I mean, apology. back in the day when you used to fight in this league before it got soft, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 5.30 p.m. on NBCSN. Uh, Montreal at Toronto. Uh, another big Canadian. That's a huge Canadian rivalry. Uh, oh, they got their own division. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. Yeah, How they lucky do. are they? They're guaranteed <laughs> to have a team in the Final Four, Canada is, at the end of the year. You know, COVID's helped the Canadians. They can guarantee they're going to have a Canadian team in the Final Four, which they can never guarantee. So thank you, Dr. Fauci. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Uh, you have the that's 7 p.m. on uh, SN and TVAS, uh, TVAS, I assume. I'm not sure if Canadian it's on cable. Sportsnet, so in Canada, there you go. So. Sports and okay, yeah, it's sports. I should have known that. Uh, next up, you have Chicago at the 2020 Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. That is 8 o'clock on NBCSN. Tampa Bay will raise their second Stanley Cup banner tonight. Um, at 10 o'clock, you have Vancouver at Edmonton. Again, another Canadian matchup. 10 p.m. Eastern time on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1. And to round it all out, St. Louis at Colorado. Uh, 10.30 p.m. on NBCSN, the alternate channel. Uh, one matchup that you're looking forward to for, the, for tonight? Pittsburgh-Philly, I think, for sure. I really like Pittsburgh-Philly now that the Blue Jackets don't either uh, benefit or have taken away from that matchup. You know, yep. like when you're in the Metro division, you know, you don't want either one of those teams to get points. Uh, so now they're in their own division. That's always a great rivalry. I love watching them. That's why they're the early game. That's why they're going to kick off the league uh, to get it going here tonight. Um, that one is, that, that one's going to be fun to watch. I mean, you know, Montreal, Toronto is, it's usually good. Montreal's gotten better this year. Uh, Chicago's rebuilding, so Tampa, you know, that's a nice start, I would think, on a night you're raising your banner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to see Edmonton. I want I want to see if they've improved at all. They didn't they really didn't do anything at goal, which I think is one of their bigger problems. And St. Louis, I, I wonder if St. Louis is happy about being trapped in that Western division and having to play those Pacific teams. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if they are or not, but they don't have a choice. They're in it. Colorado's pretty doggone good. For Colorado. Colorado, they have visions of being in the Stanley Cup final. I can so, see it. Um, you know, they've, they've got, you know, Nathan McKinnon leads it, and uh, they're they're pretty good. So all those matchups are good. I, I think, you know, the league went through and they picked out five good games to start the year. Adam, good sir, do you have any final, final thoughts for today before we wrap up the show? Not really. I've been in here teaching, so I didn't really pay attention to what you said. All right, that's fair. Good For Bob McElligot, Adam Dell, I'm Tyler Fisher. This has been CBJ Crosscheck. CBJ are back in action tomorrow. Not back. They start their season tomorrow night, 8 p.m. against Nashville in Nashville. Uh, Bob, I will be listening to you on the radio tomorrow night. Good job, Ty. Even if you're lying, you did it so well. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us next week, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for checking out the first episode of CBJ Crosschat for the 2021, 2020, whatever season it is anymore, who knows. You can check us out every Wednesday live on Facebook at 4 o'clock. Ask your questions. And we love interacting with you. We also have Twitter and Instagram for Store on Air Network, uh, at your Store on Air on Twitter and at Store on Air on Instagram. Uh, also, be sure to check out our high school hockey coverage. We have a couple games coming up next week that we'll be broadcasting live on our YouTube page. Store on Air Network is part of the Ohio Media School. If you'd like to learn the behind the scenes of how these podcasts and our broadcasts are put together, check out beonair.com slash Columbus for more information. Next week, we'll be back to recap the first week, get our thoughts on what's happened so far, and discuss the upcoming games. This podcast was produced by Tyler Fisher, edited by Adam Dell, and your host, Bob McElligot and Tyler Fisher.